Well, good morning, King's Arms family. It's great to be gathering together with you this morning. I hope you're all doing really well. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Wendy and I'm going to be hosting this morning and particularly want to welcome you if it's your first time tuning in. And also if you are tuning in and you're kind of on your journey of getting to know Jesus, you wouldn't perhaps say that you know him yet. Um, just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And I'm just really praying for you this morning that you really meet with him. He loves you so, so much. And I know that he is excited to meet with you this morning. So thank you so much for joining us. Now, for those of you who've been around and uh, connecting with us for the last little while, you'll know that we have been looking to reveal the love of Jesus to many in our community who have particular needs at the moment in this season. And so we um, created hampers in the lead up to Christmas and we sent hampers out to individuals and families in our community who have needs. And then more recently, we um, looked to bless our NHS. And so uh, we were able to give into that. And we actually ended up giving 540 individual gifts and 12 ward gifts to many different NHS workers around the county, just to say thank you to them for all, that the, all their hard work in this really challenging season. And it's such a privilege, isn't it, to reveal the Father to people and to bless people. There's something about generosity um, that reveals what God is like because he is a generous father. And so we just want to keep going after this. We want to keep stepping into this tsunami of love that we're, we've got the privilege, had the privilege to, of giving away in our communities. And so um, we're going to do some more giving. We're going to be generous more in the lead up to Easter. And I just want to encourage you guys to watch this video to find out what, what we're going to be doing. Hey friends, I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled that spring is coming and we're starting to have some of those longer, brighter days and flowers even showing their heads at last. But it also means that we are just a few weeks, five to be exact, from Easter and Easter Sunday. Now Easter is a great time of year for us to let people know what being a Christian is really all about, why Jesus came to earth and to find practical ways that we can express the love of God to them. Now this year, knowing it's been so hard for so many, I really wanted us to continue our Tsunami of Love initiatives and to give out Easter eggs. Easter eggs to hundreds of local children in the neediest families and um, potentially even give away hundreds of these books as well. The Easter Story, really accessible book written by a friend of ours called J. John about the real meaning of Easter. Now we've got these fantastic connections now with local primary schools close to King's House and also charities who are supporting those who are fleeing domestic violence. And so we wanted to put these things into those families. Now I hope you agree, that's a good idea and one that we can all take part in and we'd love to have you involved with. But this season, we're also realising is exposing a far greater practical problem in those same families and one that I'd love for us as a church community to come together to help address and that's the problem of digital poverty where families cannot afford the devices needed to work from home. And this problem is far deeper than just this lockdown. And even the government uh, are trying to do their best to support these families and other local charities are doing their bit, but we feel like God's calling us to play our part too, to support these families that are in need. And so as a church, we've committed to, to put 10,000 pounds toward the purchase of new laptops for those families who are most disadvantaged in our local community. And we would love to give you the opportunity for us all to be able to play our part in serving the community in this way too. And so I want to help 
and I'd love to invite you if you want to to play your part as well. So let me give you a few suggestions, okay? The first thing you can do is that you, if you wanted to, could donate Easter eggs. And uh, that could be part of our campaign as we give out these books as well. And you can take them into the Retrack office at King's House. The second thing you could do is actually donate any unused or unwanted laptops or tablets by dropping them off at King's House as well. And um, you can take them to the Retrack office as well. Or you could donate. Now any donation could either be put toward the refurbishment of those donated items or um, it could be put toward the cost of a brand new laptop. Now it would cost us something between 30 and 150 pounds to do the refurbishment and around about 250 pounds to have a brand new laptop in the hands of a family that needs it most. And of course, the fourth thing, fourth thing that you could do is to pray because I'm really excited that this practical way of serving in our community would reveal something of the love of God and care uh, that he has for them to the individuals who need it most. And so I'd love for you to pray that it would really bless the teachers, it would bless the schools, but it would also particularly bless those who are most in need. Now to find out more information about any of those things, to make a donation, or if you indeed have any questions for us, then you can go to kingsarms.org slash loveeaster, or you can email direct caroline.cameron at kingsarms.org. Thanks so much for playing your part. Don't you just love being part of a church family that looks out? If you want more information about what you've just seen in that video, please do head over to the link that is on the screen now. Um, and yeah, let's go for this together. Let's really look to keep blessing our community um, in the lead up to Easter. Great, we're gonna worship God now. Everything that we give out and give away comes first from our connection with him and encountering him and loving him. And so Matt and Mary are going to lead us into worship. I'm just going to pray for us. So you might want to just shut your eyes, put your hands out, just take a deep breath. And let's just take a moment to fix our eyes on Jesus. And Father, we just want to say that we love you. Jesus, we want to say that we, um, we, we are here for you. What a privilege to be able to worship you. You are so worthy of our praise and our adoration. And Father, right now we just come to you, we just choose to give you all the breath that's in our lungs. We choose to praise you, we choose to lift you up because you are worthy. Come and meet with us, Father, as we fix our eyes on you right now. Yeah, Psalm 145 says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. It shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Yeah, Father, we come and worship you today. We extol your name. We save you glorify today. We come to lift your name on high. We love you, Jesus. Alleluia. 
Lord God Almighty reigns Alleluia Alleluia For the Lord God Almighty reigns And Alleluia Alleluia Holy and Holy and Holy Who are you, Lord God Almighty? And worthy is the Lamb Worthy is the Lamb of God. Mm. 
throwing you on our praises we say be lifted high be magnified Jesus above it all God we're praying for an undivided heart Jesus 
to worship you and you alone, Father. We give you our devotion, all of our affection, Jesus, it's yours. Being thrown on our praises today. For thou, O oh Lord, in our heart, above all the earth, high above it all, and thou art found in your name the power to say with only a whisper mountain shake oh jesus our hope and strength and you made a way you unlocked these chains here in your presence strongholds by the love you gave we give we give you the highest praise you deserve it all you deserve it all so we give you the highest praise cause you deserve it all you deserve it all
And there on a tree, a merciful king, broken and shameful all to see. Oh, the Father laid down His Son. From darkness to light, and death lost to life, for heaven and earth will join and sing, because Jesus has overcome. So we give you the highest praise, who oh, you deserve it all, and you deserve it all. Consecrate myself again 
Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence with us. Thank you for the truth that we've just sung about. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're for us. Thank you that you deserve everything, Father. We, we just submit ourselves to you again this morning and say, Father, take all of us. Take all of us, Father. We are here for you. We love you. We long for you. Why don't you just take a moment, just, just Close your eyes and open your hands. Let's just take a moment to allow God to fill us afresh with his presence. I don't know about you, but in this season, it's been times in the presence of God that have really brought life to me. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would fill us afresh with your love, with your kindness, with your empowering presence, with your grace. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your peace. And if you need healing in your body, just reach out to God. Reach out to God. I've seen God do wonderful things in this season um, online as we've prayed. And just recently I was praying for uh, someone who... I had a word of knowledge about someone who had a coccyx issue and uh, just praying on an Instagram live and a lady from America got in touch and said she'd had pain in her coccyx for 12 years but when I prayed the pain went she's been pain free ever since also prayed for a lady who had wrist pain she was thinking she might need to get herself a splint but as we prayed God met with her and so Father just pray for my brothers and sisters who need breakthrough right now and I just say Holy Spirit come come in power particularly felt God speak to me about people with knee problems where it's painful to kneel and someone with a left shoulder problem. If they relate to you, just, just lay hands on your knees and your shoulder. Father, I just speak healing in Jesus' name. Release your power, release your presence. Father, thank you that you are healer, that you love to heal. And so, Father, we just say, let your kingdom come in every household, in every room right now, let your presence come with great power. Would you put hope and strength into our innermost being by your spirit right now, Father, we pray. Come
come and do what only you can do, Father. We look to you. We look to you. You are the answer. And Father, we just want to say we love you. We love you and we're hungry for you. Thank you so much, Father, for your goodness to us. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, please do let us know any stories of God healing you, uh, any, any encounters you've had. We just really want to hear what God's doing and be encouraged together. We're going to take up the offering now. So thank you so much for your ongoing generosity to us as a church family. Um, please do keep giving into all that we're doing as a church. You can do that by going to our website, kingsarms.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much for all that you're giving. Uh, to make it possible for us to do all the stuff God's asking us to do in this season. Now we're going to just have a little pause moment and look uh, a little bit deeper at our vision. We've, we've talked a little bit about our, our vision over the last few weeks and it's all about going deeper. So we want to go deeper into the harvest, deeper into community and also deeper into God. And I just want us to pause for a moment and think through what it looks like to go deeper into God. You know, I was reflecting recently about the fact that in this season, all of us have been experiencing loss to a certain degree or another, haven't we? You know, some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have lost jobs. You know, we've lost, we've experienced the loss of not being able to interact with our friends and family in the way that we normally would. We've experienced the loss of not being able to gather together as church family as we normally would and worship together in the way that we're used to. There's, there's a lot of loss that all of us have been experiencing in this season. And I think the reality is when it comes to loss, very often there's two ways we can respond to loss and mystery um, in our walks with God. Uh, one, one way that we can respond is we can run away from God and get offended in the mystery. We don't get this. That doesn't make any sense. It's not comfortable. So I'm going to run. I'm going to shut the door on him and just go my own way the other the other response is we can run towards God and run into him and lean into him and go deeper and you know the truth is that there is an opportunity in this season for us to run to the father in the midst of the mystery in the midst of loss in the midst of pain we we have an opportunity to run into the father's arms and go deeper in God and encounter things about him that we haven't experienced before you know, it reminds me of the psalmists. So often in the Psalms, uh, you know, I see David, he, he doesn't hold back. You know, I think sometimes we think I have to get myself sorted before I run to God. But actually, David teaches us you can go to God with all of your pain and all of all of the mystery. In Psalm 13, he starts, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? And so David takes his mystery, his pain, his confusion and runs to the father and talks it through with him. And then by the end of the psalm, he's saying, but I trust in your unfailing love. It's like he ran to the father with his pain and encountered something of the father and then was able to come to a place of, but God, you're still good. And, you know, I just want to encourage us to take a moment. We're just going to we're going to pause for a couple of minutes. And, you know, if you're on your own, grab a piece of paper and a pen or you can talk this through with the people you're watching with. And I just want us to think through on that spectrum of running away from God or running to God and going deeper into him. Where are you? Where are you leaning in this season? 
what are you what are you doing with the pain that you're experiencing in terms of the losses that you're facing um, are you leaning more into going deeper with the father because there's opportunity in this season even in the midst of the mystery and the confusion and the unsettledness and all of that to go deeper with him and to find him and to experience stuff about him that you didn't know before and so let's just take a couple of minutes and think through where am I leaning am I running away or am I running into him and then just maybe think through okay what's one more step I could take this week to go deeper with God what could it look like for me to take another step into his presence into his arms in the next week let's take some time to think about it I hope you're doing well and thanks so much for connecting with us today where we're going to be looking at the Word of God together and we are in a sermon series called Beautiful Attitudes looking at a sermon series that Jesus gave some 2,000 years ago that we now know as the Beatitudes just a, a stunning series of revelations from the mouth of Jesus about what God is like and about what his followers are to be like and he begins to describe this very countercultural kingdom in technicolor glory and it is challenging it's provoking it's encouraging and i hope as you've been tracking along with us you've really been hearing the father speak to you in this series and today we are in matthew 5 verse 8 matthew 5 verse 8 says this blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god blessed are the pure in heart for they will see 
God. Now, up to this point in the Beatitudes, we, we may have found it easier to recognize ourselves in some of the descriptions that Jesus has given. Blessed are those who mourn. Well, we know what that's like, many of us. Blessed are the meek. We understand meekness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah, okay, I understand that. But today, Jesus says two seemingly impossible things. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I mean, the stakes are really being raised this week in these words of Jesus. Because firstly, who on the earth could say that they are completely pure of heart? I mean, my grandma, maybe. But I think for most of us mere mortals, who, who is pure of heart? And then the second impossibility is we're going to see God. We're going to see God. So Jesus here is really raising the stakes on both of these counts. And actually, we are meant to pause at this moment and think, gosh, I cannot do this. This has to be a work of God's grace. And that's really what this week's message is about. It's about the grace of God and how we see that in these two statements of Jesus. So firstly, let's just turn to those words that they will see God. And this really is the goal of purity. And John Piper says it brilliantly and succinctly as he often does. And he says this, seeing God is the great goal of being pure. Seeing God is the great goal of being pure. I love that because really it encapsulates the reason that you and I were born. We were born to see and to know our creator God, our heavenly father. That's why we're on the planet. That's where we find our purpose, where we find our meaning, where we find our identity is in knowing and seeing God. And so purity, the goal of purity is that we might see God, that we might really achieve our deepest heart's desire and see God for who he really is. But let's just remind ourselves of what a shocking statement this would have been at the time that Jesus uttered these words. So Jesus is on a hillside in Galilee. He's teaching predominantly to Jewish people with a Jewish understanding who would have understood this, that unlike the pagan nations around them that were full of idols and sculptures and a myriad of other gods, Israel had one true God called Yahweh, who was eternal, immortal, and invisible. He was the creator of the heavens and the earth. He was the one true God. And, and what they believed was, actually, you can't depict God or sculpt God or create a shrine that depicts God in any kind of way. There's no image to represent God with. He's the invisible, uh, transcendent, omniscient one. And unlike the pagan nations, they had this understanding of who God was. You can't see him or make an image. And that's obviously in stark contrast to the Roman Empire that was the dominant power at the time who had just loads and loads of gods, you know, gods of war, gods of fertility, gods of love, gods for harvest, god for rain. They had a, a, a literally a physical god that they could go and visit a shrine of, make a sacrifice at the image of this god, whether it was Jupiter or Diana or some other gods. And literally they could go and see their gods. But Israel didn't believe that. They believed that yeah, actually you can't see God. And so Jesus comes into this moment and says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. That is scandalous 
to the ears of those that would have been hearing this message for the very first time. You know, deep in the Jewish psyche would have been an understanding, for example, from the story of Moses, where Moses is seeking God's glory. And he says to God in Exodus 33, God, show me your glory. And God's response was, go and hide yourself in the rock, cover your face, and I'll let my glory pass by. But, says God, Exodus 33:20, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. That was their understanding. No one may see me, said God, and live. And so he hides Moses in the cleft of the rock and Moses just gets this glimpse of the afterburn of God's glory. But he cannot see God face to face because otherwise he would have melted on the spot and died because the impure Moses would have come into contact with the eternal, transcendent, holy, pure, utterly brilliant and good God. And so God actually saves Moses' life. You know, it's not a punishment not to see God. It was self-preservation. He's like, Moses, I'm going to save your life. You can't see me, but I'm going to let some of my glory pass by. And so this was in the Jewish understanding. I cannot see God and live. This is the context. And Jesus is rewriting their history for them. And he's saying, you can see God. You can see him. So again, we're meant to at this point pause and just say, well, how how can this be Jesus? How can we see God? And it's the gospel writers who really tell us the answer to this question. We find it in John 1 verse 18, which says this, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. Did you get that? No one has ever seen God, but through Jesus, God has been made known. The answer to our questions today, the impossibility of actually seeing this eternal, immortal God are answered in Jesus Christ. He is the one who is the perfect revelation of what God is. Hebrews 1 says he is the exact representation of his being. He is the radiance of the Father's glory. He is the exact image of the eternal God. Jesus is the one who introduces us to be able to actually see God for ourselves and that's amazing because you and I have access to something that Abraham and Moses and Gideon and all the patriarchs in the Old Testament long to have but we now have as believers in Jesus he is our access point to seeing God and I think seeing God can mean a number of things but let me just mention two firstly to see God means that we have access into his presence we have access into his presence You know, this week when I went to see my doctor, I didn't just want to see a photo of my doctor or to see my doctor from a distance. I wanted to actually see my doctor. And so there's something about seeing that represents being in someone's presence, that we have an audience with someone, that we're invited in to actually commune and have fellowship with someone. And so to see God means that we now have access through Jesus to his very presence. Hebrews says we now have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. This is amazing. We have access to God's presence. Ephesians 2.18 in the New Living Translation version puts it like this. 
Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Jesus is our access point into the presence of the Father. You know, I remember going to Russia for the first time and to get into Russia, uh, I needed two things. Number one, I needed a visa from the Russian embassy. And number two, I needed an invitation letter from the churches that I were working with in Russia itself. Those two things gave me access into the nation. And I remember at the checkpoint as we went into the nation, those two things being studied very, very carefully. And as soon as they were satisfied, I was allowed into the nation of Russia. Well, in the same way, Jesus is our great access point. He is our eternal visa. He is our letter of invitation into the very presence of the Father. And so today, I would just encourage you, whatever's going on in your life, whatever state of mind you're in right now, you have free access to your Father God. You can come into his presence and see him and know him and be welcomed in as his child, all because of Jesus, our great access point. And so this is the first thing it means to see God is about access to his presence. Perhaps another aspect of seeing God is that we are those who are awestruck by the wonder and the glory of God. We get to see something of God's glory. Now, of course, one day in eternity, we are going to come face to face with that glory. We're going to see it with our naked eye and live in the sheer brilliance of God's glory. We're going to see him face to face. We're going to know him just as we're fully known. But even now, we have an invitation to come and encounter God and be awestruck by his glory in this life. We have a Christian faith that is not just rules and dogma on a page, but this is a living relationship where we get to experience and encounter God in his otherness, his holiness, his brilliance. I love what Matt Redman, who is a great writer of Christian songs, says about his songs. He says, as a writer of worship songs, I have a hunger to write deep songs of passionate reverence to God. Yet I'm aware I cannot sing before I've seen. All worship is a response to a revelation. It's only as we breathe in more of the wonders of God that we can breathe out a fuller response to him. The key to a life of passionate and powerful worship comes from seeing God. Information may inform the mind, but revelation sets a heart on fire. You see that there's something about seeing the wonder of God in his person, his majesty, his holiness. That is fuel for worship. And so to see God means to have encounters with his person to see him to encounter his glory and so this is the goal of purity the goal is to see God and Jesus is the only way that we can see God he is the way the truth and the life there is no way to the father except through Jesus he is the narrow gate through which we enter to know God and so this is an act of grace that Christ has come that we might see God the Father. So let's turn to the second part of our verse today that is the pure in heart who will see God. What does Jesus mean by purity of heart? Well, I think purity of heart has at least two parts to it. Purity of heart is firstly about people who have an 
internal righteousness that inside we are now right with God so this is an internal work of righteousness but secondly the pure of heart are those who have undivided devotion towards God so it's those two things internal righteousness and undivided devotion towards God and we'll just consider both very very briefly so firstly an internal righteousness uh, the word in Greek for pure in this particular verse uh, literally means clear, clean, blameless and unstained from guilt. Clean, blameless and unstained from guilt. In other words, this is a purity, a rightness with God on the inside. It describes righteousness, those who are righteous to the core. And here is the big problem. Firstly, the Bible says that there is no one righteous, not even one. That means that all of us, you, me, everyone on this planet is born into a state of being unrighteous, of not being right with God on the inside. That we are by nature objects of wrath, that we, we, we sin because we are born with a sin nature, with a nature to rebel against God and go our own way. That's how all of us are born, says the Bible. There's no one righteous, not even one. All of us fall short of God's glory. That's the first bit of bad news. The second problem is there's nothing you can do about it. No amount of self-effort or self-improvement or religious works or the doing of good deeds or the going to church or the reading of the Bible or the, you know, uh, kind of uh, attention to living a moral life. None of those human ways of doing life can fundamentally change our sin nature on the inside. So not only are we born unrighteous, there's nothing that we can do about it. So we are up a creek without a paddle. That's the bad news. And so to be righteous and pure of heart takes a violent act of God's grace. It takes God's intervention into our lives. He has to do something that we cannot do for ourselves. In other words, I need a savior. I need a rescuer. And you need a savior. You need a rescuer. You cannot make your own heart pure no matter how good a person you might think you are, we need the God of grace to step in. And this is the good news of the gospel. And this is how Romans puts it. Romans 3, 21 says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. Without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets. But we are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? We are made right with God, pure of heart, by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, and yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. 
And this is why the gospel is such good news. Because to be a Christian doesn't mean that you improve yourself. It doesn't mean through religious works you make yourself pure. No, 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 no. To become a Christian is not about working hard. It's actually about giving up. About giving up your self-reliance, your pride, your own way of doing things and trying to fix things. Becoming a Christian and following Jesus is actually an act of surrender where we say, God, I cannot make my heart new. Please, will you save me? That's what it means to enter the kingdom of God. We enter by violent act of God's grace through Jesus at the cross. He became our sacrifice in order that our hearts could be made brand new to be born again. So there's an internal righteousness, a purity of heart that can only come by accepting God's gift of grace through Jesus. And if you are watching these words and you are not yet a follower of Jesus, I would just encourage and implore you, seek out the claims of Christ. Put your trust in Jesus above your trust in yourself. Put your faith in what Jesus has done for you because that's the only way that your heart can be made clean. It's the only way my heart could become clean was the moment that I decided to follow Jesus and put my trust in him. So there's an internal righteousness, a purity of heart that's on the inside. But then there's also an undividedness to purity. That we're those that live with an undivided devotion towards God. Uh, The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said this, Purity of heart is to will one thing. Purity of heart is to will one thing. And there is something that Jesus is saying here about those who live with an undivided heart towards God, that they are the ones that are going to see him. And I wonder if that describes you or I at the moment. Are we those that live with an undivided heart? You know, in John Bunyan's book, The Pilgrim's Progress, he had this uh, nefarious character called Mr. Facing Both Ways. And the idea with this guy is that he had one foot in the enemy's camp and one foot in God's camp. He was a bit of this, but also a bit of the other. He was facing both ways. James calls that someone who is double-minded, literally thinking in two different ways. Well, Jesus is saying, listen, there is a purity of heart that is about single-mindedness and undivided devotion towards God. Those who fix their course and they're like, all my eggs are in one basket. I'm running hard after Jesus. I'm going to live with an undivided heart towards him. This is what Paul says about that in Philippians 3 verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not yet consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's it right there. Paul's saying, listen, I still make mistakes. I'm still going to get it wrong at times, but I'm living for one thing. I am pressing forward towards the goal, which is Christ Jesus. And so Jesus says to us, blessed are the pure in heart. Those who have an internal righteousness, that gift of God's grace, a clean, brand new, reborn heart. But also those who've decided to live, throwing away all their other options, 
but they are running after Christ. They are the ones in this life that will see God. And that's an incredible promise for us. So in conclusion, the only way to a pure heart is through Jesus. He is the access point. He is the doorway. He is the one who shows us what God is like. No one has seen God, but Jesus has made him known. And I guess my provocation to you as we close would be this. Are you living with an undivided heart? And you may want to pray with me right now. Psalm 86 verse 11, which says this. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. And that's my prayer for you today, that God would give you an undivided heart that you might fear his name. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. God bless you. Thank you so much, Phil. You've served us so well this morning. I want to encourage us to really take some time to be with the Father this week, to reflect on what Phil's brought to us. Let's not just be hearers of the word, but let's be doers. Let's be asking, Father, what do you want me to do with what I've heard this morning? And if you've been joining us and you would say that you don't yet know Jesus, you're not yet in a relationship with him, I just really hope that you've encountered something of his love this morning. Um, he really loves you. He's, he's pursuing you. And I want to encourage you, if that is you and you, you want to find out more, please do get in touch with us as a church. We would love to hear from you and love to connect with you some more, give you some resources to help you go on your own journey of finding out more about Jesus. Well, guys, we're done for this morning. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I just want to hand over now to one of our young people who's going to pray us out. Lord, I pray for your blessings upon everyone here today. I know that some people had a good week and others may have had a bad week. But we thank you that you can give us another week in your presence. Lord, I pray you bless us as we're heading to the second month of 2021. With our heads held high and our faith kept in you. I pray they keep us safe in this pandemic and I pray you heal those who are in need of your healing, both physically and mentally. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. God bless. Mm-hmm.